So I believe that we need to create a new third party that's, that's not the party doesn't have dogma that it tries to advance. It doesn't have like all these policies that it's trying to implement. It's not an advertising party. It's like, hey, come join us. We have all the truth. We know what to do for everything. We have all the answers. We're so smart. Those other people are dumb because those p types of parties, those types of political parties are evil because once you create a party that says this is the solution then you join that party and confirmation bias kicks in and then the existence of the party um, needs to it needs to grow because you know you have people that work for the party and they can't say that their jobs are pointless and so you know they trump up their friends and everyone wants to be part of a group and and uh, you know, parties are like mobs to you, like uh, listless young men. Um, it gives them something to do. Some and okay, um, ISIS gave uh, Nazis. We don't have to go to ISIS. Uh, Nazis, you know, self a sense of self righteousness. Oh, you have a plan. Everyone wants to have a plan. Everyone wants to be a part of something. Everyone wants to demonize the other. It's built into us as like apes. We want to demonize the other. We want to like be part of a group. We want to like exclude others and say what, why the other people suck. And so there's all of these group dynamics working with confirmation bias. Oh my gosh, so many biases. And, and then you have history and revenge. And oh, the other party did this. And so now we got to do it to them. And it's like a football game where everyone only sees the mistakes that the refs make calling um, uh, violations on their team. And uh, the confirmation bias. I keep saying it. I keep going back to it. But, okay. So why, why am I so, like, alert to the evils of party? Well, so I was raised in a Mormon religion. And I was... I, I started off and like I, I had heroes that were like, hey, you can't know for sure. Don't don't just just because you were taught this religion, you know, doesn't mean that you have to believe it. You know, you need to go out and find the truth for yourself. And that's like what all Mormons say is like you have to go out and pray and ask, is this really true? And so that's a big part of every little Mormon's life is like, you know, uh, but. <laughs> The, the Mormon church has a bunch of narratives where, like, you know, the right answer to that question is, yes, it is true. So you're supposed to go out and pray, but all of your friends and family are in it. And um, <clears throat> let's, let's just take a wild guess at what your answer is going to be when you've been going up in front of the congregation since you were like 8 or 12 or 5 years old and saying I know the church is true I know the church is true well uh, there's a quote somewhere it says you know if you repeat a lie often enough it becomes a truth to you and so it's great that the Mormon church says oh everyone needs to go out and find the truth for themselves and and you can't just 
believe it just because your parents believe it, but <laughs> they're they're kind of not actually they're not aware of confirmation bias. And so, anyways, growing up as an adult, I listened to hundreds of hours, maybe thousands of hours, a couple thousand hours, uh, uh, of podcasts about the Mormon church. And it was from an unbiased source, someone who like has people on from historians and, uh, Bible scholars. And so I learned a lot about stuff about the church that I I was in an echo chamber and an echo chamber just repeats certain narratives and like I had hundreds of stories that confirmed my faith in the Mormon church and I think oh I have hundreds or, or maybe maybe even thousands of points of like confirmation that the church is true but I wasn't aware that I was swimming in a world that was like cutting off some information and promoting other information and that um, psychologically we were kind of like all repeating the same information. I wasn't aware that I was in an echo chamber. Anyways, I'll stop talking about Mormonism. The same exact thing happens in other political parties. Um, Republicans and Democrats, they all repeat the same little stories. You know, like Republicans used to always talk about welfare queens, where there was three generations of welfare um, recipients. And so the Republicans would repeat that narrative to, like, justify their stuff. And, but then the Democrats would always repeat the same other stories about how, um, you know, the rich are getting richer. And, and so both of them have portions of the truth. But they're only repeating their own stories, and we're not shoving all of these stories together and trying to force them, force ourselves into a workable policy. Anyways, and so that's what I want to do is create a third party that shoves all stories together and puts them into a survival of the fittest death, death match where um, we evaluate the validity of logic and we promote better arguments and we we build the strength of uh, conclusions by the strength of their assumptions. So all the supporting evidence, evidence and all of the weakening evidence. And so you give a score to conclusions and then you have a cost-benefit analysis and you have, again, um, a score for each cost or benefit based on the quality of the arguments saying that those costs or benefits will be more or less likely. So that's, that's my third party is I want a third party where we uh, have representatives, candidates that uh, promise to use an open online cost-benefit analysis to make their decisions. And so the cost-benefit analysis, you know, it'll have expert opinions and it'll have ties between, um, you know, it'll have a bunch of different variables that each candidate could tweak to make their decision. So like you'll have experts and verified data and, um, you know, uh, distance so like if you have a reason to agree with a 
different reason. And then that has reason has reasons to agree with it. And then that reason has reasons to agree with it. You know, there's different ways that the math can go up. And then there's linkage scores and redundancy scores. So, like, there's, there's ways of identifying the, the same argument. Um, if, if you're saying essentially the same thing in different, different words, you know, you're going to, you're going to need a redundancy score. So like, you know, you're, you're really, if you're building your conclusion by the strength of the sub arguments, you need the num the, to accurately identify the quantity and quality of all sub arguments, reasons to agree and disagree. So you're going to take the reasons to agree and subtract the reasons to disagree. But you're, you're going to like have different, you know, math to do all of this. And uh, so I think it would be reasonable to allow candidates to tweak their math each vote. And, but over time, we're going to come to a consensus on how to identify um, uh, uh, a more valid cost-benefit analysis and a more valid open online cost-benefit analysis. And theoretically, there's unlimited amount of money because we spend a billion dollars for political elections. And we could build, if, 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 we, if we could tap into that billion dollars every four years, we could build, um, we, we could have all of the money that we need to build a, a good cost-benefit analysis. So that's that's kind of my idea in a nutshell, my $10, 10-minute 10 idea in a nutshell. Um, please follow me on Twitter. My, my handle is myclob at twitter.com. Thanks. Bye.